This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is the t- that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Shout out to everyone tuned in on the Instagram live. Uh, Chris, all the way from the UK, tuned into the halftime show. We love you guys. What's coming up on today's show? Right. Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best players on the planet, and rightfully so. Where would you think he gets paid from more? His club or his social media? That's coming up. We've also got coaching in sport. Now, something I posted recently on my Instagram, which got quite a bit of traction was what means more to you as a coach is it the validation from the athletes or is it validation from the media and specialists out there now that's it sounds obvious but it's not actually that obvious and I'll tell you why later on in the show especially following an incident that I personally um, experienced at an international tournament so that's on the second segment on the third segment Fight Island UFC Dana White so much going on is it actually revealed where Fight Island will be right so that's going to come up on this show now some of you might know the answer some of you might not it hasn't been confirmed officially but one of the UFC fighters recently revealed it by accident following his fight so that's going to be on the third segment on the fourth segment we're going to be doing your questions and answers we're also going to be answering something I mentioned on my show on Saturday does a coach need to look a certain way to be taken seriously from his sport and does it prove his expertise that was huge I got a lot of messages on that and I also had how does an onion relate to emotional fitness all this and more on the only place to be at three the halftime show on pulse 95 this is the halftime show with omar aduri It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in on the Instagram live uh, at Omar Duri and Pulse95 Radio. Shout out to Hadia uh, Boateng, who's got the hat against Barcelona. I'm going to say that for the rest of your life. Adnan, Tariq, Murad, uh, Mufid, whose uh, birthday is coming up very, very soon as well. we got to give him a special shout out. Um, and yeah, everyone who is tuned in, thank you so much for locking in on the Halftime Show. Listen, one of the things I want to talk about today Cristiano Ronaldo one of the best players in the world and rightfully so who works extremely hard but where does he get his money from now Juventus are one of the biggest clubs wholeheartedly we all know that however if I said to you that he earned more money from social media than he did from Juventus would you believe what I'm saying now that is exactly the point I wanted to make because social media has taken such a huge turn that believe it or not Cristiano Ronaldo is Instagram's top earner can you imagine and this is not just in football this is in the world so his insta earnings right comes down to 41.7 million pounds on just Instagram earnings so he gets that from Instagram and he gets 34 million a year 
Can you imagine that? Now, Instagram is probably going to be very, very proud with that stat. I had to dig up and see exactly what's going on. And that was something I was shocked with because he's arguably one of the best players out there on the planet. And he's getting 41.7 million um, which I can't believe. Now, per post, if you're wondering, if we want to break it down, he gets £971,000 per post. So one of those posts you see of Cristiano Ronaldo is worth 971000 Now, if you're wondering who are the top five in second, not surprisingly, is Lionel Messi. And he gets just 25 0.2 million pounds from Instagram, 631,000 per post. But he doesn't do as much as Cristiano Ronaldo, but definitely that's still a lot of money. And in third, Kendall Jenner. I never thought you'd hear that name on the show. <laughs> but Kendall Jenner is third on the Instagram top earners list. She gets 21.2 uh, million uh, pounds Instagram earnings, and per post is 560,000. Her sister, again, Kylie Jenner. I guess that's two names you've probably never heard on Instagram. Uh, on sorry, on Instagram, on, uh, on the halftime show, comes in at fourth, and then Virat Kohli comes in on fifth. Now, again, social media—we speak about it on the show. It's it's been incredible in how much it's played an impact on people's lives. When it pays you that much as a top earner, you wonder what we're doing, getting degrees. Now, again, I, I'm speaking from experience. I've got. Uh, thankfully two degrees and I'm not <laughs> I'm not earning this kind of money um, which makes you think I'm in the wrong job but um, what do you guys think did you think Cristiano Ronaldo would be earning more money on Instagram than at his club Juventus Football Club in Italy huge huge stats showing 41.7 million on the Insta earnings and 971,000 per post it's incredible what's going on in the world today some madness happening but that's exactly where we're at at the moment it's a mad mad world and Cristiano Cristiano yeah let me try it again Cristiano Ronaldo is at the top of his game rightfully so but he gets most of his money from Instagram now coming up next guys coaching in sport I recently put up a post and it was regarding uh, an incident that happened in a tournament a couple of years back. Um, what you see is just the final product. What happened at halftime? Find out next on The Only Place to Be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves the pilot! What a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duria. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international, local. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in online at Omar Duria on Instagram Live. Uh, Kareen, Ahmed, Hatem, you name it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And wherever you're tuned in around the world, we really appreciate with this. 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority. Or even if you're in the comfort of your very own home, listening to us on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Angami. We appreciate you and salute you. Thank Thank you so much for tuning in. One thing I, um, I really want to touch on, and uh, it's something that I posted recently and got quite a bit of attraction on, 
was the role of a coach in sport. Now, on the main post, I posted uh, something that happened a couple of years ago um, in the UAE in an international tournament which had some of the best players around the world tuned in um, to this tournament and even the ones who were playing there, Paris Saint-Germain, Lyon, people came from Holland and they showed up to the UAE to play in this tournament which happens once a year in Ramadan. Um, the players that I had uh, were incredible players, fantastic footballers um, who represented their country, whether it was Morocco, Algeria, uh, Tunisia, France, fantastic players. Now, the post itself, if anyone who doesn't know how it works, the post itself was, you know, something that you put on the main page and you get a bit of traction on it. And it was basically where, surprisingly, I got rushed by my team while I was being interviewed by uh, this poor guy <laughs> who was trying to interview me after the game which we won 4-1 what people don't know is actually what happened behind the scenes um, the crowd was very hostile so I was scrutinized quite a bit by the crowd because not many people wanted the players who represented our team to win because they're passionate players they're you know they're they're quite hot-blooded and I love that about them to be fair you know they're super super talented but also sometimes you want the favorites to lose and we weren't favorites but they were fantastic players who represented their countries at halftime, we were losing 1-0. Uh, as a coach, it's my job to try and analyze things and not get caught up in the emotion of what was happening. So following halftime, I sat down and I spoke to them. What people didn't know is um, when the game resumed, things weren't going as planned. And so I made a substitution. When I made that substitution, one of my players um, actually got quite frustrated with me and showed dissent towards me as I pulled her off to put her on the bench. Now, the player is an incredible player and a lovely, lovely person. But at that moment, that hot blood came out. So the crowd got even more uh, energy from that and loved the fact that A, we're losing. B, my own player is upset with me. And C, um, now things are going to go even worse because we're playing against some of the best players in the world at this 5 side tournament in the UAE. And so with everything against us, the team managed to compose themselves and we won 4-1. Uh, now, as a coach, there's a lot of things that goes through your mind. One, am I making the right decision? Two, am I going to stick to what I'm doing? And, and, and three, when this all goes right or wrong, who's going to get blamed? Clearly the coach, because the players themselves can just say the coach made the wrong decision and everyone's kind of going to jump on that person's back. However, what I would say is what it taught me, and it taught me because of the type of players I had. I have players who are super talented and wonderful, wonderful people, right? As athletes, they're fiery, very, very competitive and extremely 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 hungry to win this game not just because of the opposition but because everyone's against us now when I took this player off this player was really annoyed and showed dissent towards me which I didn't really try and take too much into that but now as a coach things start to pick up again and we get the 1-1 and then we get the 2-1 now in my mind do I bring this player on because this player has the talent to make it 3-1 or even keep the game under control or do I punish the player because that person showed dissent against me this is where your ego gets left at the door because as a person you say no I'm gonna punish this player because they went against my wishes but as a human being you think I probably need to do what's best for the team and put myself behind all of this and try and win this game because at the end of the day I'm not here to win people over I'm here to win the game so now I've chosen to bring this player on, and this could have been any coach, 
This player comes on, sets up the third and scores the fourth. We win the game. Everyone sees how happy we are. Now, I actually, as a coach, want to leave the pitch. And the reason why I want to leave the pitch is because I'm quite upset. I'm quite angry because things are starting to sink in. It's quite an emotional roller coaster being a coach. I think all coaches will relate to that. And that's something that I definitely believe that only when you're in that situation will you experience it because you have some fantastic athletes on your team and you represent them. And they, whether they trust you or not, they will gain your trust eventually. Now, um, the player came on, score, uh, assisted and scored. We won 4-1 and we won it against a brilliant team as well. And that's what made it even more interesting. We won against a team that was you know, one of the best teams in the tournament, if not the best team in the tournament. So um, we won the game and then afterwards I got rushed. That's where you saw the post. A lot goes on behind coaching. And sometimes it's not pretty. And you're only good as your last result. And I was definitely under that umbrella where I just wanted to leave. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to get into my car and drive back to my home. And, uh, and I didn't. I didn't because I felt a responsibility to keep this face and this image uh, happy for my players and the result that they've achieved. And, and I stayed on and it was one of the best moments I've had uh, in my coaching career with uh, women's football. Um, and I've had some very, very amazing times with the UAE national team, with some of the incredible players all around the UAE. But that was one of my favorite moments and I would have never lived it if I hadn't stayed on the pitch. And that is just a lesson to a lot of coaches that when you do good and when you actually reach down and you put yourself aside, it's not always going to turn out the way you want it to. Sometimes you will lose the game. Sometimes you will lose things. But you got to take something from it. And I took a lot from that day. Um, saying that as well, if I didn't have the players I had, I probably wouldn't have felt the emotions I felt. So that's credit to the team. And there's nothing in this game, in whichever sport that you coach, that will will be one step ahead of you if you don't take it in your grasp. And I think when all the odds are against you, stacked against you, when the crowd is against you, when you're being yelled all sorts of stuff from the crowd, when your own player is against you, if you stay true to your roots, you should take something from it. And I was so blessed to be able to post that post up, not just because of the final result, but what I took away from it. So that's what I think. But text us on 4215, or do or slide into our DMs at uh, Omar Duri or Pulse95, uh, Pulse95 Radio on Instagram. And let me know what you think of that incident. And if you've been through something very, very similar, I really would love to hear it to see how you feel about that situation. You will never know what goes in a coach's mind or what happens internally until you're on the inside. So before we judge anyone, please make sure that you look at both sides of the story. And speaking of both sides of the story, coming up next, I'm talking about UFC, Dana White, and this secret fight island that might have been revealed by one of the fighters by accent. And it could be closer than you think, UAE. Stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, The Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Maduri on Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire then! What a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Maduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It's time! 
It sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Duri. Plenty of comments coming in following the last two segments, and I love it. Shout out to Hatim, uh, Coco, as well, Chef Victor Obina in the building. Um, we've also got a, a special happy birthday going out to Amal from the national team of the UAE women's football team. Brilliant. Happy birthday, Amal, and happy birthday, and uh, not happy birthday, and shout out to Murad as well. But happy birthday, Amal, for sure. Um, what I wanted to talk about is there's been a lot of talk about obviously with COVID-19 and everything when sports will, will get back to normality and when will we start watching sports one of the first people to actually start planning and promoting is UFC President Dana White when he did start talking about it he kept saying that um we're going to do a fight island and that way it will be safe for people so everyone can go to fight island and train there and then you know it can go on and, and go on but then everyone's starting to speculate where is this fight island going to go where, what's going to happen where is it going to be so one of the fighters um, actually really really funny story one of the fighters Herbert Burns uh, let it slip out <laughs> which he finished his fight he goes and does his uh, press conference and as he's you know really pumped and he's talking about it and everything he's like yeah you know I can't wait till you know we do Fight Island in the UAE <laughs> and everyone was just like eh? <laughs> UAE what do you mean <laughs> how like it wasn't even announced yet <laughs> and this guy probably got, got uh, a memo let's say from someone important saying it's going to be in the UAE so now all the UAE fans are getting super excited that even though they may not be able to attend the event um, on the island wherever it is in the UAE that it's going to be within close proximity so that actually answers your question for all the fans uh, around the world wondering where the hell is UFC Fight Island going to be it might be closer than you think and that's exactly why it's put us all in a interesting situation where people are like I, I can't believe you know that's uh, it's going to be here so yeah it is going to be in the UAE um, it hasn't been officially confirmed but this uh, Herbert Burns um, actually spilled out you know the news and that's why it could be much much closer than you think for those people that were talking about the earlier segments uh, that's going to be coming up next because I'm going to be talking about what we spoke about earlier the first part interesting enough was mentioning uh, social media and the power it has where Cristiano Ronaldo earns more money from Instagram than he does from his employers and that is Juventus it's unreal how much Instagram has played such a part Cristiano Ronaldo earns 41.7 million pounds from Instagram earnings and that is 971,000 pounds per post for a single post crazy right that was on the first segment on the second segment i spoke about an incident that happened to me in an international tournament in the uae with coaching and sport and i asked you for your opinion and uh hatim who's also a coach just tuned in told us what he feels about it and i'm going to be mentioning that next i'm going to be taking your questions and answers for the day and we're talking about what's coming up in the week on the only place to be at three the halftime show on pulse 95 this is the halftime show Omar Al-Duri. Oh, he lifts the pilot. What's the goal? This is the Halftime Show with Omar Al-Duri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. 
Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host. Uh, talking everything international and local. And something that I'm uh, very, very happy with is the interaction I'm getting on Instagram Live at Omar Duri from um, our birthday girl, Amal, who's the uh, international uh, women's representative of the UAE football team. Also, Ali just jumped in the building, someone who's super fit and had a challenge with uh, myself and uh, my wife and her husband yesterday, which was amazing. Well done, uh, Elij. And uh, and also Hatim was a coach um, also in the Middle East, which is very, very interesting. Now, before we ra- before we um, took a break, we actually were speaking about coaching and an incident that I faced personally. My question to you uh, as we run through the timeline, let's say, was you're losing 1-0 at halftime. You're being scrutinized by the crowd. Uh, it's quite hostile. Your own players are extremely passionate amazing amazing footballers but they're not happy uh, and after half time you bring you take off a player because things aren't working the emotions are getting the best of them now you turn it around 2-1 the question was would you bring that player back on or would you punish them from their show of dissent which all the crowd and audience saw uh, or do you bring them back on and uh, and try to win the game even more than 2-1 instead of trying to protect it that was the question of the day and uh, and we're getting a lot of comments in and I'm going to share those comments with you because this is the time of the show where I, I do that and Hatim uh, one of the coaches says ego clouds the coach's judgment if not managed you managed it and did what was best for the team uh, what would you do Hatim I would be I would have considered not bringing the player back on but would have not ruled it out it really depends on what the game needed they are still part of the game again ego sometimes plays a role very very good point Amal says it looked she Amal was actually in the audience and one of the crowd members as well so she could see what was happening from a uh, perspective of the audience it looked pretty bad uh, it all looked bad and tensed and as if you guys were drowning till second half mindset said it all very good Amal excellent at age I think she shouldn't have reacted negatively in public, especially it was no limit to subs in that competition, so it was a little overreactive maybe. Fair point. Another comment coming in, when a player makes me as the coach feel undermined, is disheartening for sure, but stay strong, especially in front of the crowd. I would have brought the player back on and had a word after the game. Very, very interesting comments on today's topic, which uh, puts you guys in the scenario which I had to face. And again, this isn't really about the glory in it. It's really about the experience because from the outside, being rushed by my own players after the game, winning it 4-1 against an exceptional team with some of the best players around the world was a huge accomplishment, but I actually didn't even want to be there. And uh, and I wanted to walk off the pitch and I stayed on the pitch just to keep a, a, good, a good face on for the team, just to make sure that people could enjoy the moment and not cause probably a negative impact on my team. And that's what happened. So if I probably had walked off the pitch, I wouldn't have experienced that feeling. Um, which again puts me in a very grateful state because I've been involved in women's football for a very long time, over over a decade actually, it reveals my age, over a decade I've been involved in football but that was one of uh, my favourite moments in women's football um, and, and I wouldn't have experienced it if I hadn't stayed on the pitch because I really wanted to just just kind of go back into my car and drive home. So that tells you a lot, uh, coaching has a lot of things that happen internally, behind the scenes, uh, there are no egos. But there also should be a case where you understand what's happening and 
you know what should be done and uh, and that was a great lesson um, that I learned and it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have those players players that are super talented very hungry passionate uh, respectively played for their national team uh, all across uh, Europe Middle East uh, etc Africa um, at each stage, in the end of the day, the coach and the team want to win. But it's the coach's call, end of the day, and the coach makes right and wrong calls. Spot on, 100%. And I have made wrong calls. I've made plenty of wrong calls. And sometimes, I, you know, I trust my team. I trust the players that I, I field. Um, and if it doesn't go right, then I hold my hands up and I'm accountable for it. But the moment you start to let what people say or feel influence your opinion and your judgment, it, you're not really sticking true to what you believe in. And I think that's part and parcel of, of being a coach and experiencing you know your learnings your challenges your winnings and I definitely definitely felt from there and again I reiterate it would not have happened had it been any other players without that fire in their belly to kind of want to win to the point where you get wrapped up in emotions and for me I'm super grateful as a coach for everything that I've learned on the road and it wouldn't have happened if those players weren't there and that's me guys we are approaching full time that's the whistle on the Halftime Show. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, 3 to 4. And if you do miss our show, remember, you can catch it on the podcast on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Rami. I'm out. I hope you have an incredible day, and I'll see you very soon. Peace. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m. 